Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 24th show. You can also listen to us on podcast or catch our Facebook premiere show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they will affect your money. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And our lineup for today's show, we will be having a panel conversation with our guest, Chandler Huckle of Private Practice Transitions and John Trums of Insurance Foundations. We'll also be having a conversation with Chandler, when is the best time to sell your private practice? Followed by our conversation with John, set up your own pension. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed or to connect with our guests, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we'll start up today's show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. I guess that's your cue, Keelan. What do we have for uh, Money Chat today? Today, I was going to talk about, um, well, rates have gone up. I was going to talk about what drives rates, and I'm going to stick on the surface here, the 101, and not lose, because sometimes we get a little in-depth, and we might lose the people on the surface that don't look at what we look at every single day. So I thought I might dive into that and explain a little bit uh, about that, uh, why that happens, and um and also, I mean, we still believe there's going to be an increase. Rates have kind of leveled out a little bit right now, but we saw this increase to kind of hanging out, but we think that we're going to see more in the future. And, and one of the drivers of increased rates is credit quality or risk of default. So underwriting helps to mitigate some of this risk by ensuring someone can handle a mortgage when you take one on. But based on Fannie and Freddie Mac rules, things are far different than they were in 2008. Before then, I swear, you just, it's stated, you could write on a piece of paper, but as a mortgage expert now we have to provide a lengthy list of documents to provide proof that our clients qualify things such as like your income documents your bank statements um you know pay stubs we got to do verification of employment uh we have to account for your debt and maintain a debt to income ratio set by fannie and freddie some banks have overlays and require more but they want to make sure that you can afford the house and of course as experts as we are we're very uh cognizant of what you're comfortable with as far as a monthly payment too and making sure that we provide you custom mortgage solutions me and tina are famous for that for that reason. But however, risk still exists. So someone with a lower credit score has a higher chance of defaulting on a loan uh, due to this fact. Investors
investors will demand a higher rate of interest to compensate. Makes sense, right? Uh, somebody with less than quality credit doesn't have the history, so there's a higher chance of default. So your rate will directly reflect how good or bad your credit is. And there's little, I won't get into it today, but there's little parts of credit scores, uh, little buckets that you can go in or above that, that uh could affect your rate. So due to the added risk of default, the other and more important driver of rates is inflation. Now, me and Tina have alluded to this inflation many times, and I thought it'd be a good time to kind of dive into it. And what the heck is this inflation? What does it all mean? And we always talk about the arch enemy of interest rates. Well, it's also the arch enemy of bonds. So bonds pays investors a fixed rate of return over time. And inflation erodes the buying power of your fewer, your future fixed return or dollars. I mean, anything you can put into that bucket, your money is worth less. So the reason for this is because the cost of goods and services has increased, meaning that the fixed amount received uh, will purchase less in the future. So your dollar today, as I suggested, is worth less in the future. So here's an example. Let's say you lend somebody 100K at, at a set interest rate, insert interest rate here. Your fixed rate interest only payment is $4,000 a year, let's say. Today, that 4K can purchase a shopping list of goods and services, you name it, whatever you want to insert in there. Uh, but over time, prices rise due to inflation, and so we can't purchase all the same items on that shopping list anymore with that same fixed amount that we received previously. If inflation were to accelerate, the only protection investors have is to increase the interest rates so that they can receive a larger fixed payment in order to offset the more rapid erosion of the buying power is in line with anything else as far as goods and services. But what is inflation exactly? Inflation is too many dollars chasing too few products is what inflation is specifically. I got off track there. This causes prices to go higher. And if there's an item in high demand, such as a home on the market that has a lot of potential buyers, the demand will drive the price higher. Sounds familiar in our market right now. And deflation is the opposite. Deflation is where there are too many products and not enough buyers. So that drives prices lower. So for example, if you had 10 homes for sale on one block and only a handful of interested buyers, there are too many products competing for too few dollars um and if you have a large inventory that's not moving your tent to lower the prices right and that will increase demand which contributes to deflation so uh mortgage bond investors must compensate with a higher rate of return to combat the erosion of the bonds fixed payment which causes mortgage rates to rise as a result inflation reports are followed super closely by all the experts mortgage companies are all over inflation because they want to know if we're going to invest our money today we better make up for it because it's a fixed rate of return that they're going to have over time that they're going to collect on and if they don't accurately assess what that's going to look like they can find themselves in big trouble but just scratching the surface, I might dive in there a little bit farther next week, but that's really why inflation is the arch enemy of interest rates and why we're seeing interest rates go up because of all this inflation talk. And uh, we'll see where they land. Uh, we had some predictions earlier in earlier episodes, but um, that's two of the reasons, main reasons why rates go up. Great money chat and great explanation of inflation and how that affects mortgage interest rates. Yeah, really, you need to be in real estate, have gold or something to head against inflation. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. Redfin reported that between September 2020 and February 2021, nearly 18% of successful offers waived the appraisal contingency, 13% waived their home inspection contingency. 
If you waive your appraisal contingency, this means that you will have to pay the price that you offer regardless of what the appraisal comes in at. This could be an issue with financing if you're going with a lower down payment and you don't have the additional cash to pay the difference. The other issue with financing, if the appraisal appraiser calls for work orders, the work must be completed prior to loan closing and you're gonna be paying for that work since you waive the appraisal contingency and the seller is not responsible for it. If you waive your inspection contingency, you have two options here. You can do a pre-inspection, which means that you pay for the inspector to inspect the home before the offers are being reviewed by the seller. If your offer is not the chosen one, you are out that cost. However, at least you know that the condition of the home is good condition. The other option is that you have is to not have a home inspection at all. This means that you're just buying it as is and hoping for the best. If you do not move forward with the contract with either the appraisal value coming in low or the condition of the home, you would be out your earnest money. Mortgage banker, mortgage banker, Association released their mortgage application data for last week, showing that overall application volume increased by 9%. Purchases were up 6%, which is strong considering the lack of inventory. They are up 57% from this time last year, but that was during the shutdown, so it doesn't really reflect the real year-over-year -year number. Refinances were up 10% last week due to the little bit of move lower in mortgage interest rates and now showing year over year decline of 23%. The refinance share of mortgage activity increased from 59% to 60%, but still remains well below the 75% that we were seeing a few months ago before the interest rates went up. In the US, Reserve Federal Reserve has been buying at least 120 billion in mortgage-backed securities and treasuries each month. This is known as QE or quantitative easing. Now the UCB, European Central Bank, also has their own form of QE, but they approach it much differently. Instead of buying the same amount each month, they front load their purchases. They are now at the time where their purchases are becoming less and less, which has caused their yields to move higher. Because we are in a global economy, higher European yields could pressure yields in the US to move higher as well. Something that we definitely need to keep our eye on. The newest Fed governor, Christopher Waller, made some comments on Friday that were in line with what we've been saying. He said, whatever temporary surge in inflation that we see right now is not going to last. Additionally, we now, we know that the stimulus is going to have some impact, but once the stimulus checks are spent, they're gone. We also know that bottlenecks, bottlenecks that they are currently, they're going to go away, end quote. This is also how we feel as well. I believe that the inflation will spike in the summer months, but will move back lower towards the end of the year. And while we are getting on an inflation and infusion in the economy now causing economic activity and rising of stock prices, once those effects wear off, we will be left with massive debt that should have an impact on economic activity, growth, and inflation. There's a proposal for a $25,000 first-time homebuyer tax credit, which would be paid upfront to those who are first-generation homeowners, meaning their parents have not yet owned a home. While it seems to be a noble cause to help those buyers, the last time we did something like this, it ended pretty poorly. We're already seeing price price bidding due to this, the strong demand and no inventory. If this were to pass, 
it would increase the problem. Wrapping up with housing starts, we're up almost 20% in March, which was much stronger than expectations. The year-over-year -year figures are screwed a little bit due to the builders not building this time last year, but the figure is up 37% year-over-year. The most important figure to track is the single-family starts, which are up 15% month-over-month and 40% year-over-year. Permits, which measure future constructions, were up 3% and are up 30% year-over-year. Single-family permits were up 5% last last month and are up 36% year over year. Tina Mitchell here, and that is your money chat. Coming up next in the money hour, panel conversation with Chandler Huckle of Private Practice Transitions and John Troms of Insurance Foundations right here on 1150 AM KKNW. So with all the voices out there telling you what you have to do with your finances, wouldn't it be nice to have a financial professional just listen and help you pick what's best for you? John Troms at Insurance Foundations is dedicated to doing just that. His goal is to listen to your situation, then walk you through the options that may benefit you using insurance tools. If you're an active investor, new parent, just starting out in life, or even entering the golden years, there are insurance options that could benefit you. Contact John at insurancefoundations.com to set up your no-cost consultation today. That's insurancefoundations.com. Tax season is a roller coaster, and this year is more challenging than ever before. If you're ready to get off the ride and sell your accounting or tax practice, we can help. Private Practice Transitions is the preeminent business brokerage and consulting firm in the Northwest. We cater specifically to accounting and tax firms like yours. Get a free valuation today. Call us at 253-509-9224. Learn more at privatepracticetransitions.com. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 24th show. You can also listen to our podcast or Facebook premiere show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what our show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. However, we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on the show, our panel conversation with our two guests, Chandler Huckle of Private Practice Transitions and John Trums of Insurance Foundation, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Yeah, thanks for joining our show. So before we get into the panel conversation, uh, just a little bit about our guest. Chandler Huckle is a CBI designated business broker with Gig Harbor based private practice transitions. The CBI or certified business 
intermediary des designation comes from the International Business Broker Association, IBBA. The CBI is a widely recognized and prestigious designation which identifies an experienced and dedicated business broker. Chandler brings more than 15 years of experience from the banking and financing industry into the firm. He has dedicated his career on having a deep understanding of complex deal structures and creative financing. This knowledge gives the firm's clients an edge in business financing and acquisition transitions. Chandler grew up in Olympia and now makes his home in Gig Harbor. And a little bit about John. John is a licensed financial professional based in Seattle. He works with his clients around the country, helping them build wealth and customize retirement strategies using products from the insurance world. His broad range of life experiences gives him a unique empathy for clients' financial situation. John has traveled to 11 countries and even worked in China for several years. He has been married to his beautiful wife for eight years and loves traveling with her. She's photographs designation weddings. Wow, I want to be you, John, and travel that many different countries. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. Well, let's start out. Speaking of John, let's start out with you. That's cool. My uh, my daughter, she's five. She speaks Mandarin, actually. So uh, that's pretty cool. Shout out to China there. Um, hopefully get to visit at some point. Uh, let's starting with you. What brought you into this line of work, John? Well, I think like a lot of stories, I met a guy. Um, <laughs> I was actually, after we moved back from China, I was working at, at a job actually trying to sell cars, which I'm terrible at. Um, and, uh, I met a guy and he started talking about annuities and I didn't know anything about them. And I, as we got discussing things, I realized there's a whole segment of the insurance world that I didn't know anything about. And if I didn't know anything about it, well, everybody I knew didn't probably know anything about it. And the more I found out about it, the more interested I was to find out more, got licensed and, you know, just kind of started from there. That's fantastic. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And there's a huge place in that in the marketplace. So what a good service you're offering people, John. And Chandler, what about you, my friend? Um, how did you get into your line of work? Yeah, long story. I uh, started when I was a kid, actually. Um, I think I was inquiring about Excel spreadsheets and financials when I was 10, watching my dad on the computer. So I'm one of those unique 10 year olds, I guess. Um, that led me to start working for a bank when I was in college as a teller generally just thinking I'd have a leg up when I graduated. Ended up getting a banking and finance degree, um, sort of fell in love with the idea of helping clients and customers when I was in uh, a branch retail setting. Um, ended up growing with different banks over my 15 year period and eventually started financing um, mergers and acquisition deals with a bank here locally, uh, which led me to meet uh, Justin who founded our company and a lot of other M&A and brokers around the South Sound fell in love with the, uh, the deal, the transaction, uh, the ability to help somebody buy a business, seeing the seller on the other side achieve their dream of selling what they built for so long um, and ended up coming to work for Justin. The real question is, Chandler, did you know how to do nested formulas in Excel when you were 10 years old? Oh, good question. No. Uh, <laughs> I learned that in college, though. And you know what? It's served me very well since then. So. That is awesome. I own a mortgage software yeah. and I started out uh, 11 years ago before I had the software built. Uh, well, actually, 20 years ago, I hired somebody to do a Excel spreadsheet, which was 
hundreds of nested formulas. That's the only reason yeah. I know nested. And then now it's an actual. Uh, I, I'm our I'm our company's resident Excel geek. Give it to yeah. me and I'll figure it out. I, I love it. That is awesome. So, John, what is happening in your industry right now? Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes, nothing super major, but I think the biggest thing that people don't really understand about insurance and in the industry currently <laughs> is that they're still offering really decent returns on investments, um, you know, up to like 5%, a little over 5% in some of the companies right now. And when you look at the bond market or CDs or anything else you can get into that's safe money, um, you know, it's really nothing else that's comparing with where it's at for safe money. So that's something that's just been consistent in the industry that nobody really talks about. Yeah, that's a that's a really good share for our listeners, because if you want to have a safe investment, you obviously want to be able to get the highest return on that safe investment that you can. Uh, Chandler, what about you? What's happening in your industry right now? Yeah, well, to touch on what you guys were talking about earlier with mortgages and rates being low and, and capital being out there. Uh, the same is true for acquiring a business, whether it's a business that's $250,000 or $10 million, the, uh, the capital out there is uh, inexpensive. There's incredibly uh, strong loan programs. The CARES Act has provided some funding um, for the SBA to provide incentives like your first three months of payments are paid for, no loan fee, things of that nature. So buyers are really seeing an advantage when they're going in right now. Um, because of that to purchase. And we also have a lot of people in the age range in the professional world. We service mainly CPAs, attorneys, physical therapists, and other professional services um, uh, organizations like dental. Uh, and a lot of those professionals are reaching the age of wanting to retire and exit their business and transition them uh, to somebody else. So the, it's a perfect storm of good capital, good buyers, a lot of really, really solid businesses available. And we've seen uh, an incredible uptick over the last couple of years. It's so cool to hear Chandler that, um, you know, all this doom and gloom, right? With COVID and all that <laughs> businesses, with all yeah. this doom and gloom, there's opportunities out there. And I mean, we preach the same thing in the housing market. I have a there friend is. who just acquired a business and he basically stole it right now because his services, I mean, what he does uh, wasn't damaged too bad. And um, and he was able to take advantage of it. So if you do have an opportunity, yeah. that old buy low, sell high thing, it's a great time to take advantage of homes and businesses. So um, John, I'm going to switch back to you. What do you love most about what you do? Well, I think like Chandler was talking about how he fell in love with working with the deals and working with people and helping people accomplish their dreams and goals. And I think that's what I love most about what I do is being able to help people accomplish things. And I love annual reviews with my customers because dealing with insurance products, I never have to have the conversation. You lost a bunch of money, um, regardless of what strategies they pick. The worst that happens is they don't make excessive amounts of interest that year and we try again next year. It's a fantastic job. I, I love the customer reviews and just hearing people talk about how they're, they feel safe now. And that's what I love. It's people. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Oh, sorry, Tina. Comment? Go right ahead, Keelan. Well, I was just going to say, when I was a financial advisor, we always used to say, keep a percentage safe equivalent to your age. So if you're 20 years old, you can be 80% aggressive, 20% safe. That, and as you get older, you adjust that. You always need safe money. And the products that you are offering are the pinnacle of that. So it's such an important place. Uh, what about you, Chandler? Tell us about what you love most about what you do. 
It's fun. It's very comp complex and complicated. So every deal presents a unique challenge. Um, and that is precisely why I left banking. Banking is a fantastic job, had a, had a lot of fun. I needed a, a challenge and something to change on a daily basis. And I certainly, I certainly got it. Um, but because it's so challenging and it is fun, putting a deal together and getting to the finish line is a fantastic feeling for myself, but also the seller and the buyer. Yeah, and Keelan, I was going to step back on something you said. I'm kind of a step behind here, but um, you know, buy low and sell high. We're not buying low in this market. However, we are borrowing low, whether it's on the commercial side or it's on the residential side uh, that Keelan and I do. So um, another conversation at another time, but it's always better to, even if you're going to buy in a higher market, if you had a choice of high price or high money, you're always going to win with the lower money versus the price uh, anyways. So John, how are you best serving your clients and what is setting you apart from your competitors? Well, I mean, that's a complicated question, but I think overall it's because I specialize in basically only two areas the high cash value life insurance for investing and growing wealth when people are younger and you know, just trying to set up the best retirement strategy for folks when they're getting a little bit older in life. And I really don't, I don't do any property and casualty insurance. Um, I, you know, don't do normally generic life insurance. I mean, I can, um, but just specializing those two areas and kind of understanding as much as I can about that. And the other thing is I listen, I, I know how I come from a poor family, you know, we didn't have money growing up and every dollar counted. And so I agonize over clients and their situations, try to make sure that they have the best situation for them. And that's, that's I think, what I do differently. That is great. Special Specializing is definitely important. And as we have less than a minute left, uh, Chandler, what about you? Uh, how are you serving your clients and what's setting you unique to your competitors? Yeah, much like our clients, I mean, we try to provide what we call white glove service. Um, I have the unique experience of uh, dealing with a lot of brokers and M&A folks on the banking side. So I would see how the other side would feel. Um, part of the reason why I came to work for Justin at Private Practice Transitions and the team is because they flat out did it differently. The, the deals and the process were executed flawlessly every single time. And the amount of attention and, uh, to detail that was paid um, was above the rest. Wonderful. Thank you for both of you uh, having our panel conversation and coming up next on the money hour. When is the best time to sell your private practice? Chandler Huckle of Private Practice Transitions right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tax season is a roller coaster, and this year is more challenging than ever before. If you're ready to get off the ride and sell your accounting or tax practice, we can help. Private Practice Transitions is the preeminent business brokerage and consulting firm in the Northwest. We cater specifically to accounting and tax firms like yours. Get a free valuation today. Call us at 253-509-9224. Learn more at privatepracticetransitions.com. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. 
You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 24th show. You can also listen to our podcast or our Facebook premiere show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint, one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer your questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, we have Chandler Huckle of Private Practice Transitions. When is the best time to sell your private practice? Right here on 1150 AM KKNW. So Chandler, um, let's talk really, let's get right to the basics here. What, um, tell us briefly about what your company does. Yeah, thanks, Keelan. Um, so we're private practice transitions. We're a Puget Sound based firm offering intermediary brokerage services and business consulting. Um, we primarily focus on the sale of private practices. Uh, so we would represent someone who has owned their business and w- wishes to sell it and transfer to another buyer. We specifically have uh, found niches and specializations in accounting and CPA firms, law firms, and physical therapy practices across the Northwest. With all of the challenges that we all experience at some level in our businesses, how is your company doing right now? Yeah, well, for everybody, obviously last year was a roller coaster. Um, it's, it was uh, interesting to navigate, you know, it, um, because we stuck to our approach and kind of unwavering belief that the businesses that we represented at the time and subsequently um, after March 13th um, still had incredible value, we stuck to our process and approach. Uh, and that resulted in the best year that we've ever had as a company. So we were fortunate enough to have that um, come become a realization. Um, I think a lot of it is that, um, as we talked earlier, buyers understand there's good opportunity. Sellers still have a desire to exit and transition their clients and their business to someone qualified. Uh, We have a strong reputation in the market to uh, deliver for our clients. Um, Again, we didn't change that approach. Uh, If anything, we doubled down and tried to make sure that we were even more prevalent in the market because we knew we had uh, the ability to uh, create a a good success and conversion rate for our clients. Um, One of the one of the key things we focus on when we talk to our clients is that we have a hundred percent success rate with people that we um, end up listing, uh, meaning every single person that we have listed with our company's history, we have uh, been able to present an offer to. Um, it's, it's unique. Um, we pride ourselves on it and it's, it's really because we, you know, we, we work really hard to make sure we're putting out the right net, casting the right net to bring the right people in. So our clients feel like they have a, a good buyer to choose from. I love that. You know, what I love about that most is this whole COVID thing has really kind of changed people's gears and their minds a little bit, kind of shook them up. And we have the best of the best, obviously, here in studio. And it's really brought people to that challenge to excel their business and adapt to whatever that new world's going to be. And every one of them, it seems, has left this, you know, uh, experience in a better place, which is really exciting to see. And um, you mentioned accounting firms, and I know that industry specifically, it's been a very tough time for that industry. I was curious to know, do you see or anticipate uh, a jump in owners looking to sell? Yeah, it's always hard to predict. You know, we like to think we know, but um, it's uh, 
best best laid plans and all. Um, we do feel like it is going to continue to increase, but I don't think it's necessarily, you know, some of it is, is what's happening right now. Um, some of it stems back to even uh, 16, 17, when a lot of the tax law changes came to be. There's been a tremendous change in um, federal tax law for the past four or five years. And now with the last two years, PPP, EIDL loans, and all the subsidies that have come out with COVID, um, it's giving a lot of CPAs and accountants fits to some degree that have to learn a new way of doing things. Um, so there's there's CPAs that I've talked to plenty that say they're tired of adapting and changing with what's you know consistently happening in the market. Uh, and they're, it, it may be tipping them over the fence to at least have a conversation with us. Um, we typically have conversations for up to a year or more with people before they're actually ready to um, sign up with us and sell. And we do provide that consultant environment where we're an ear, we're an expert, we can talk to them. Uh, we don't charge them for an hourly rate. We just want to make sure we get to a point with them where they feel confident in us and uh, we can go test the market. Um, right now, we're in, we should be having accounts and CPAs done with the tax season. We have another extension out to May 17th. So it's further creating some of that, um, you know, that, that tired feeling, I guess. They should be on vacation and they're not. So I'd be cranky about that. A um, little bit of added stress. Yeah, and you've talked about uh, really strategizing a year up front, as Keelan was sharing in the beginning. I mean, there's a lot to do on the mortgage side. I bet when you're preparing somebody to sell their business, there's a little bit more to do. Uh, so Chandler, Chandler, there's uh, been a lot of news lately about the capital gains tax, and how does that impact your clients or someone that's thinking about selling their private practice? Yeah, it's certainly something to keep a uh, finger on the pulse for. Um, from a federal perspective, you know, I think it's been made pretty clear there's, there could be capital gains uh, tax rate increases. Uh, Washington State as well has a, a law that has been passed now and um, I believe is going back to the House. So things to uh, look at if you're a business owner because it can affect your take home at the end of the day. We have some great content uh, on our website and things that we put out as well that you can read about or just talk to us about. Uh, the nice thing is we have a lot of CPA clients so they can fortunately keep us up to date on a lot of those tax law changes. Um, it's like the best client to have, right? They can easily tell us what's happening. Um, you know, to that end, a lot of our clients, whether they're CPAs or others, they spend so much time helping their own clients. Uh, they forget to help themselves. Um, that's part of the reason why we want to get in front of them. Uh, we need, we, we talked to them about making a succession plan, whether it's now three years, five years, it's never too early. Uh, if you're not thinking about selling, you're not thinking far enough ahead. Um, and truly, you need to have a plan because you can't get to where you want to go selling your business, whether it's a dollar amount or a person, if you don't have an idea of how you're going to get there. So um, we, we ask our clients to take their own advice, whether it's the tax or, or physical therapy or attorneys um, plan, talk to, a, talk to a professional like, like us and let us help you. I can imagine you never know what you're sitting on with a business. So like we, um, I've been fortunate enough to have a couple of clients that have owned a business and sold it and made a big chunk of change. And that's really exciting. And some of these, I mean, you hear about like the dot-com businesses and stuff, some of the amounts of money. I wonder if they ever knew how much their business is really worth. Is yeah. there a way for potential sellers to get a rough idea from you guys about what they are sitting on and what their business is worth? 
Absolutely. Um, go to our website and fill in a form pretty easily to get connected with us or just email or call us. We offer a valuation snapshot. Um, we don't charge anything. Essentially, we ask for three years of profit and loss statements. Uh, and someone on our team, whether it's myself or another member, can easily go through, get a range, get an idea of where you would land. And then we can dive in more specifically with you. Um, we also offer formal opinions of value for a, a fee that has a much deeper dive in process. But really, picking up the phone or sending an email is the best way to start with us. And we're happy to oblige. So uh, Chandler, everybody is still trying to navigate through COVID, trying to figure out what the new normal uh, is. Is there a right and, and perfect time to sell? I, I think with the success that we've been seeing right now is great from an economic perspective, but I, don't, I think it's very individual. Um, most of the time people are reaching some level of stress or burnout where they're, they're saying I need to be done or it's a family decision. Um, you know, their spouse wants to travel. They want to go do things that are not be tied to a business because it's a lot of work. Um, you know, the number one question we ask people before we get engaged formally is, um, you know, how much longer do they need to work? Is it a monetary decision? Is it an emotional decision? It's all of the above normally, but one is more important than the other. Um, and we like to we like to flush that out with our clients to make sure that they're really making a decision that they're comfortable with, not just testing the market and seeing what happens. We want them all in and fully ready before we actually uh, go forward. Super smart, Chandler, making sure you get the details and actually digging deep to find out what the real uh, goal is there. I was just thinking about this as you're talking about this. Um, you mentioned physical therapy. I had a knee injury and I talked to my physical therapist. We're buddies all the time about his business and it's a family business and he's expanding. Um, so for those and uh, for those listeners out there um, thinking about selling their private practice, um, how long do you think? I'm curious on that transition out of the business. How long does that usually take as far as a process goes to where they are moving their way out? Yeah, good question. It's longer than most people think it is. Um, there's two sections, right? There's pre-deal and post-deal. Uh, we can start talking about pre-deal timeline and that's really before we're actually uh, live and then, and then live and then closed. Um, you know, we will go through and gather a lot of financial information, a lot of details about the client's business, our due diligence phase, if you will. Um, and once we're ready to go live, we have to market. It takes time to find the right person. And most importantly, we want to vet the buyers and we want to make sure that our client is truly happy with the decision that they're making to move forward with somebody because it's a big deal. It's their business. It's their legacy that they're transitioning and they need to have the right person um, to do that with. So Chandler, you mentioned the post deal. What does that timeline entail? Yeah, so typically, um, well, it may be the pre-deal may be 12 months or so. Um, Post-close is uh, typically six to 12 months. The longer an owner is willing to stay, uh, the greater the value uh, their business has to a buyer. Um, as you can imagine, if you own the business, you know everything about it. If you're willing to stick around for a longer period of time, it greatly enhances the value and, and essentially the price that you can get for your business because you are willing to help that buyer succeed. That makes sense. There's a, a transitionary period there. I can see a lot of value in that. You don't know what you don't know. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, you're super passionate, obviously, about your business and, and what you do, Chandler. Can you tell us specifically what sets private practice uh, transitions apart from the rest? Yeah. 
I think we have a real diverse background. You know, my banking and finance background is is not unique to what we do, but it's very helpful. Uh, Justin Farmer is a, an attorney prior to doing this and is still licensed. Well, we don't represent people from a legal perspective. His his eyes on something in his brain is is fantastic to have. We've got a project manager on our team as well. Um, so to that end, the white glove service I talked about earlier is truly what we pride ourselves on. And I think that the team that we have makes us unique. So Chandler, as we're uh, wrapping up our time for our interview with you, is there any final words that you would like to leave with our listeners? We're open for conversation. We really, we really like talking to people. Um, if you can imagine, uh, we'd love for you to visit the website, uh, inquire, sign up for our newsletter if you, if you want to get information about us. Um, the other thing too is we've talked a lot about sellers. If you're a buyer, look at the website, send us an email and inquire. We have plenty of opportunities and we're happy to help walk somebody through how to buy a business, how to finance and get you connected with the right advisors that may, may or may not be ourselves. Wonderful. Chandler, thank you so much for the chance to have a conversation with you today on our show. Thanks for having me. Coming up next in the Money Hour, set up your personal pension. We have John Trums of Insurance Foundations right here on 1150 AM KKNW. season is a roller coaster and this year is more challenging than ever before. If you're ready to get off the ride and sell your accounting or tax practice, we can help. Private Practice Transitions is the preeminent business brokerage and consulting firm in the Northwest. We cater specifically to accounting and tax firms like yours. Get a free valuation today. Call us at 253-509-9224. Learn more at privatepracticetransitions.com. So with all the voices out there telling you what you have to do with your finances, wouldn't it be nice to have a financial professional just listen and help you pick what's best for you? John Troms at Insurance Foundations is dedicated to doing just that. His goal is to listen to your situation, then walk you through the options that may benefit you using insurance tools. If you're an active investor, new parent, just starting out in life, or even entering the golden years, there are insurance options that could benefit you. Contact John at insurancefoundations.com to set up your no-cost consultation today. That's insurancefoundations.com. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 24th show. You can also listen to our podcast or our Facebook premiere show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market, everything regarding your money. We're here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, we have John Trums of Insurance Foundations. Set up your own pension right here on 1150 AM KKNW. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. John, we scratched the surface a little bit, but can you dive in a little bit deeper on what specifically you specialize in? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I specialize, I always tell people, I specialize in wealth building and retirement strategies uh, using life insurance products. So a lot of people don't know that you can use life insurance as an investment tool, and it does have to be set up right. You can't just go and get any generic life policy. It, it does take some specialization. Um, but if you set it up right, you can actually use life insurance to build wealth for yourself that you can use, and it's all tax-free. It's another way of, of generating tax-free income for your retirement. Um, the other thing that I specialize in is setting up these kind of personal pension retirement things using annuities and helping people in retirement move over their 401ks and other IRAs that they have and setting up something, a stream of income that they can't outlive. So it's just kind of specializing in helping retire well. Helping retire well. That is a great tagline, John. <laughs> uh, so John, let's talk about pensions and why you don't hear a lot of people talking about them. Well, pensions, I, I think I'm one of the few people that still has a pension. Uh, years ago, I was working for the laborers union in Minnesota uh, when I was young, and they had a pension program. So I learned about those. But I think somewhere back in the 80s and 90s when investments started ballooning and people could make a lot of money in the stock market they were looking at their pensions and thinking how could we make more money and so they transitioned to investing directly in the stock market and for a lot of years it made a lot of money and it's been a really great thing but a pension is it's basically a guarantee that no matter how long you live you will always get the same amount of money it's not based on how much you put in i mean initially it is but even if the money goes away, you still keep on getting paid. And as people keep living longer and longer today, I think that's something that people are going to really want to look at back into is stretching their dollars longer so that they can have a guaranteed income without worrying about whether their investments disappeared because of the stock market. Yeah, and you talked about very few pensions out there. Keelan and I know being in the mortgage industry, you very rarely see people using pension income to qualify or have pensions coming. Now, uh, fortunately, mm -hmm. my husband was a union superintendent uh, in construction, so he has a pension, which is really nice. But yeah, very few out there. Yeah, you hit yeah. it on the head, Tina. Even Boeing got rid of their pension. So, I mean, it's just too expensive for companies. People live way longer. They can't afford them. They can't offer it. They transition to some 401k plan of some nature. Um, but so that leads me to my next question, John. Considering not many companies offer them, how do you set one up? Um, well, life insurance companies have been offering annuities for years, um, but they're set up so that if you have a lump sum of money that you have like in a 401k and you're looking to retire, you can move that over into an annuity contract with the life insurance company. And they're set up so that you can either start drawing the money off right away. You can wait a couple of years. You can have it grow and invest it and see, see if it'll turn into more money. And you can activate that income later. And so there's a lot of different options in that, but it's really simple. Um, you just move the money into an annuity and then start taking the distributions whenever you need to. So, John, when you take a peek online, uh, there's a lot of people that really don't like annuities. Why mm -hmm. is that? Okay, so when I first got started in the industry, I wanted to make sure I wasn't getting people into something that was bad. And so I did a lot of my own research. Um, and there is a lot of negativity online about annuities, which is kind of funny to me. Um, I think a lot of it actually comes from back in the 90s. There's been a lot of legal changes and a lot of federal oversight that has happened since the 90s and has regulated the insurance industry to a point where it's 
really, really difficult to actually go through and just sell somebody an annuity or help them get into an annuity. I have to go through a whole long list of documents and explain how this is good for them. And, you know, they have to understand the whole process. You can't just go and just throw something at somebody and say, okay, this is good sign here on the dotted line. They actually have to understand it now. And I think back in the 90s, those regulations weren't in place. And I think a lot of people got into some bad products. So, yeah, I think that's probably where a lot of the negativity comes And isn't from. that crazy? You go all the way back to the 90s and the 90s are still haunting something that's mm-hmm. an awesome product now. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we well, run into... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, John. Oh, I was just going to say, there's, there's so many changes that have happened. I mean, Chandler talked about uh, even the recent changes in, in to the tax law and tax codes. There have been so many changes with the Fed since the 90s. We've seen the Patriot Act and all those other things that affected finances in a totally different way. And... Yeah, the holdover from the 90s, I think, is still in people's minds, even though so much has changed. Yeah, we run into that still with adjustable rate mortgages. Back before 08, there's these crazy products. People weren't educated on them. And you mentioned ARM to some people. It's like a swear word when you're like, no, 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 they're amortized for 30 years. They're set for a certain amount of time. You have to really educate them to realize. And a lot of people won. They're not winning now. But a lot of people won on ARMs in the years of the past where rates were. So uh, that education is key because it's not the same world as it used to be. Um, John, tell us more about how a annuity can help normal people in retirement? Um, well, I'll just give you a case example. Uh, I had just helped a customer uh, last year and he only had about $150,000 in his retirement account and he wanted about $10,000 a year. Well, it's pretty simple to do the math on that. If you take out $10,000 a year and $150,000, it lasts for 15 years. He's really healthy. So the chance of him living longer than 15 years, I mean, he's going to outlive his money. And I was able to find him an annuity that was able to pay him about $10,000 a year. And regardless of how long he lives, he can live another 30 years if he wants to, if he can. And he's still going to get $10,000 a year. It's a way to stretch money. And like I said, they're safe investments. They're invested in the bond market. They're not tied into the stock market. So you can't lose money. And it's a way to just really take what money you have and make sure it's there no matter how long you live. And I will say, uh, John, that my my mom, mother-in-law, uh, we have her on one, and it's you know going through and and looking at um, you know the whole thing and really strategizing what's best for her. That was a really great option. So I'm so glad that you're specializing this and getting the word out there. Uh, so when is the best time to set up a personal pension type annuity? Um, really, there's. Well, kind of anytime, but the best time is actually right when you're transitioning out of the workforce. So when you're getting ready to retire or you are retired um, and you get access to your 401k or your retirement account with your company, that's really the best time to set it up and start um, because you have options then. You may or may not need the income right away. If you don't need it right away, you can delay drawing that out and, and hopefully see that grow more. And, you know, just, yeah, it's really just when you retire, it's the best time. <laughs> Then folk into it. You know, a lot of people too, John, it's crazy. They leave their money in a company they retired uh, in and it's a blackout. They don't even know what's happening with their money. You know, it's just sitting there. And I, I can't tell you how many stories when I was in the business of people just having money sitting there and they don't have any control over it whatsoever. You know, get that money out. Even old ones, it's like from five companies ago and they have all this money spread out over. If you're retiring, get that money out and talk to John and figure out the best way to, to go about it at that point. Cause you have zero control over what that money's doing um, in 
some instances. So, John, I, I know some of our listeners probably have the question of what if I run into an emergency and uh, can I get my money out? Is, is that possible? It is. Uh, most of the contracts now have about 10% that you can access every year without any, any burdens or anything and no fees involved in that. If you've had the annuity for generally over 10 years, most of them are only 10-year contracts. And so after 10 years, you can access all of the money that you want. There are even provisions in there in case you have an illness, uh, you're diagnosed with a chronic illness, or yeah, you can access most of the money without any penalties. Again, the penalties really aren't that big. And so it's, it's really only a 10-year or seven-year contract. After that point, it's all your money and you can do what you want. Well, and John, if you plan correctly, you should have three to six months of your monthly savings in another account anyways, correct? So this is is money you should not be touching anyways, if you plan correctly. Great shout out, Keelan. Uh, So John, how safe is your money and what kind of return are you telling your clients that they might expect? Um, Well, I keep on telling customers that insurance companies are some of the most liquid companies around. They have a lot of assets in the hundreds of billions of dollars. And a lot of these companies have been around for quite a long time. So as far as I can tell, doing all the research I could do, they're about the safest investment you could possibly do, arguably even safer than banks, just because of how much liquid capital they have. Um, As for return, you can get that last year when things were really, or two years ago when things were amazingly great, some people were seeing returns of about 15% in their annuities. That's rare. Uh, they are designed to give between a five and a seven percent return. So I think if you plan on having about a five to seven percent return over the time that you've got it, that's probably really reasonable. Well, and another question I'm sure people have, and there are some fees involved with certain plans and such. Are there any hidden fees and how much does it cost to get something like this set up, John? There really aren't any hidden fees. The insurance companies, one of the things I love about working with insurance companies is because of all of the regulation and the oversight, they are upfront on like page two of all the fees and everything that's involved. There's no hidden fees. Uh, there really is no cost actually to set one up. It's free. Um, I get paid even by the insurance company, so I don't even get paid by the client. It doesn't cost them anything. And The only fees that are really involved is if you decide you want to cancel the contract and take all of your money back out because they didn't charge anything upfront, then they want to be able to recoup some of the cost of paying all of their employees, everything. So there is a fee if you decide to cancel everything, you know, within the first couple of years. Kind of sounds like mortgage, no hidden fees. However, there is cost associated to a mortgage. They don't have to yep. pay for us, but there's cost. All right. So as we wrap up our time, uh, we've got less than a minute here. Uh, what a great service and specialization that you're offering your clients. How else are you helping people? Um, mostly with the life insurance side, too. I think that's another part that people don't really spend a lot of time looking into, um, you know, helping people build wealth for themselves and even their children. I just ran some things to help out the customers with very young children. Uh, try to build up a, a future for them. So wonderful. John, thank you so much for joining us on our virtual studio. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate both of you uh, again being here. Thank you. This is your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co host, Keelan Harvey. <laughs> we are your local experts, mortgage experts, that is. And it's time for us to sign off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We look forward to talking more money with you next weekend, right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
Tina Mitchell, MLO145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.